All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us once again for Thursday night Bible study. Now, the title of the series that we are going to start tonight is Guarding Your Heart During the End Times. Guarding Your Heart During the End Times. Now, first, I just want to talk about um, what it means when we talk about heart. Okay. Now, I know all of us are familiar with the definition of what the, the soul is, right, in, in a biblical context. Mind, will, and emotions, right? All right. So the mind, what does that do? Thinks, the intellect, right? And the will, what does the will represent? Represents our choices, decisions, the ability to choose. And then our emotions represent feelings. Okay. Now, for the context of our, our study, we're looking at the heart as being the intersection between the soul and the spirit, or what the scripture defer, refers to as the inner man. The inner, the inner man. Okay. Now, I want us to tackle some questions because I know in this time that we live in, there is a attack on people's and a manipulation of people's emotions. Right? This specific area of the soul, the emotions. Okay. And of course, when we talk about emotions, emotions aren't the will, but what do emotions do? They affect the will. They affect the mind. They affect the way we perceive things. They, they affect the way we make decisions, decisions that we do make. Okay. All right. So we'll go, we're going to start with a very familiar scripture. So let's go to Proverbs 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to start at verse 20. But I want us to read it from um, the Passion Translation. Oh, yeah, I missed you. I missed you. <laughs> Proverbs 4, starting at verse 20, going down to verse 27 in the Passion Translation. All right. And it reads like this. Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything I, I teach you. And pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then, as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart. For they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words, no matter what. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignoring life's distractions. 
Watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth. And the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take the detour that leads to darkness. Okay. Now, I wanted us to look at that in the Passion Translation because the way the words that are used to kind of draw out what Solomon is, is giving us here in Proverbs. Now, when we talk about, look at the words that are used in verse 22. In 21 to 22, it says, fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Now, what do you what do you gather from that? What do you believe Solomon is telling us to do here? Like, how do I feel? Fill my cup, my heart with. The thoughts of God. Start with this, the word. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Now, what does that look like, though? Is it just reading? I have no oh, idea. No. No. I honestly have no idea. I'm glad I'm no. here. Yeah. Okay. Part of it is you read something, talk to him, ask him questions, listen to what he has to say. And you can do that all day long. That's one of the things I love Frank Viola teaches about the consciousness of God. He says, when you have your inner thought conversations, instead of just, gee, I wonder what that, put Jesus in there. Make it, make, bring him in so that all these inner thoughts are now a conversation with him. And then be mindful that he just might want to answer you. You know, that's but good. that's how we can bring him into our daily life all the time. And words are not what everybody thinks they are. They're, they're containers. I mean, they, they, they have stuff in them, and especially when you're hearing God's word. There's, there's stuff in there that can change your life, that can change your health. Mm. I was pretty much what Terry's saying, and, you know, like the, the spending time, you know, talking to God, bringing him a part of us, thinking as I was reading this about. Let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. I was reading, you know, not the King James in front of me, but the way we were saying it in the other translations too. But I was thinking about, you know, actually, I'm thinking even when it was my son attending my words, it was a relationship like a father and a child, you know. And I noticed that a lot in Proverbs as a side note. It was always like, I, I ain't gonna lie, I think I've mentioned this about the study before, but a lot of these I really have imagined. Like, I would say, an African-American grandmother, like, talking to her grandkids. I'm, I'm telling you, just the way it's worded, sometimes that's just me and mm -hmm. very into drama and stuff. It's so beautiful. It's like someone of age giving their young <coughs> counsel. Yes, and it's, yes. trust me, it's a lot of, trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Don't go through that pain. Don't go through this. You know, whatever it's said in Proverbs, but it's kind of pointing out here whatever things is going to be said in Proverbs or in the Word in general, you know, it's a relationship. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like looking in the eyes of God every day, if you don't look like physically, but you know, just in your heart and talking and like Terry was saying, like, you know, just involving God and everything. But I think a lot that comes, you know, and open doors when you know God cares. 
you know, and you don't think that this is from somebody who didn't think he gave a darn about anything that, you know, related to you. But, you know, the more you know he cares, the more you want to tell him and, and open up to him. That's good. All right. So there's a lot of things there then. Right. So we go ahead. Something came to mind because um, I've been meditating on death and life are in the power of the tongue. And then the other scriptures that says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So maybe that has something to do with it. They are life. My words are life. The more you feel yourself so, with yeah. life, the more you're going to speak life. Mm. Yeah. Because <clears throat> the next one, keep and guard your heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever's the deepest in you is gonna come out. That's good. And that's got a far surpass mental assent. You know, we can read the words out, but believe that—that's true. That doesn't mean it's become part of us. It has to get deep in the heart, and that comes not from just casual reading. Because as soon as you get stressed, whatever comes out of you tells you where you're at. Mm -hmm. And Mary's done a fabulous job with me this week. We've been talking about negativity. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been learning a lot more about negativity um, with Joel Osteen's book. And and she and I, what we had a conversation, it's either death or life. And I said, death or life, nothing in between. What would you say? Yeah. Nothing in between. It's either death or life. And we, you guys. Well, I'm not. I'm not speaking really death. Well, if you're not speaking life and you speak it out, you're not sure. So it's like Jesus said, "Whoever's not for me is against me." There's no gray. So it's almost interesting. It's either death or life, and I don't know what you guys think. But she said, "I'm like, wow. You're either speaking death or life, and there's nothing in the between." Yeah, his word doesn't say death or life with little breath. He says either you know you're either speaking life or death at all times. This is good. What do you think? So you see, well, let's let I'm, I want to kind of dig on digging that a little more. All right, because now I like what I like what I like what Gene said though. He said words are containers. Mm -hmm. That's good too. Everything's been created by the word. Right. Everything, everything by his words became something. Like you said, like a tree. It's like, well, the tree is, mm -hmm. is the, the container, the box, but it's like mm -hmm. if you get into the box and look, there's a bunch of trees in there, this different kind, but the basic is, that's tree. Mm -hmm. So the, the connection that we see between words and the heart, like when you quoted what Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And you know, Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And then we we hear quote Jesus quoting himself as saying, "My words, they are life. They are spirit. They are life. And they those the the, the word being a container. Thinking, getting that image in your head, right? So if you if you have just so just imagine that that imagery, words being containers. So every every time I say a word. There's a there's a package that's being mm -hmm. sent. Something is being sent. Is it going? Is it life that's hitting you, or is it death? 
See, we kind of, you know, we we say things flippantly, and I think we, you know, you you can get into a habit of just not really paying attention to what you what you're saying and what you're hearing. But they really truly do shape your your perception of life, what you understand, how you look at people, how you look at self, how you how you look at who God is. All of that is molded and shaped by words, the words that we associate with experiences, how we interpret what we're reading right here. And you see the emphasis that Solomon is placing on this. And just like you were talking about, you know, the, the whole the concept of relationship. So if if I enter, if I sit down, I'm reading scripture and I'm, I'm digesting it as. My father telling me where I need to go. He's giving me counsel. He's giving me guidance, direction. He's letting me in on, on, on what life is and how he wants me to live it. Then I'm going to have a different, my, my attitude towards what is, what is written is going to be different. But again, if... There can be a, a, a kind of a, a, a challenge to the integrity of what I'm reading. Then it's going to have me second guess. Either what I'm reading or my interpretation of what I'm reading. Now, sometimes our interpretation does need to get challenged. However, if we don't if we don't have an understanding of the integrity of what is written, if, if that's not our foundation, if, if this is, if this is only kind of true, or if it's something that's purely man-made, then the weight that I'm putting on what I'm reading is not going to be what it needs to be for it to impact me the way Solomon is, is telling me here. Every morning you wake up, and you picture you're going to have a bag of seeds. When you speak, that's either going to be life or death. But it, it's what you say that determines what that seed is. Because you're going to speak to people during the day, and you can either have life with everybody you speak with or, or the opposite. So you got to be really careful where you plant those seeds and what you have, how you put them out there. And I was thinking about how the enemy, when we're such little children, tries to he does he lies to us about that you remember sticks and stones may break my bones but words, words will never, never hurt me, hurt me. Yeah. so right away he gives you a complete contrary statement to the word of god so you put no value in words can't hurt me whatever i say can't hurt you and right. how long do we believe that lie right <laughs> and see that's a that's a prime example of of carnal wisdom trying to overcome some of the the ills of sinful man because the intent behind that when you tell a child that is for the for the child not to put weight on the the the, the words of other people right to kind of to not take it to heart right but the the underlying undertone of that is words don't really matter so we need balance. So you see how secular, carnal, natural wisdom is a 
a counterfeit or a, a, a I don't even want to say because the intent behind that statement, when you say that to a child, you're trying to protect to protect the child. Right. But but, you know, it being from natural man, then there's a there's a consequence. There's a negative consequence to that to that philosophy and that logic there, too. I'm looking at verse 22 in the, in the Passion. I love that Passion translation. It says, Then, as you unwrap my words, unwrap, so think of it like a gift, right? Yes. As you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So think about unwrapping a gift, All right? So you get a present, you know, you see it, got the bow on it, you know, you already, you, 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 you're like, okay, what's in there, All right? Now, as I dig into God's word even more, I unwrap it. The more time I spend taking the layers off the package, the more life that I am receiving from that gift. Because I know y'all have heard the prayer, heard name preachers say that the word is pregnant. Now, why we why, why preachers say that? Think about it. Well, I think of Mary. She received the spoken word of the Lord and it impregnated her and gave birth. To the word become flesh, mm -hmm. right? And multiplies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. On scripture, like we said, what you can read it one time and you read it another time, and you see like two or three different revelations or more on that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So think about again the container and that the bag of seeds coming out of your mouth every time your mouth opens is something coming out. You know, I got to thinking too about, I saw this a long time ago in a, a youth devotional Bible that I used to have, and it had some really good devotions and devotional in it. Um, I didn't prefer the translation, I thought it was a little watered down, but however, the devotionals were very good. It um, it talked about the love letter, something that was themed in the Bible, it said, it talked about how we read a love letter, and I actually Googled it a moment ago to see if I can find something similar, but anyways, it was something to do with, it talked about humans. How we read a love letter from somebody we're in love with or cares about us or something. And it talked about, we read, I think it was something like every sentence, like between the lines, we read every word, like three meanings. And it was all this stuff. And it was like, are we reading the Bible like that? And I go, wow, what a way to think of it. But it is true. It's really important knowing God's character and how he feels about you and people in general. And what his character is like to look at it and go, instead of like, it's a bunch of rules or it's just a bunch of print on a paper. It's like, wow, it's so deep, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. All right. So as we're, you know, we're just, we're looking at the connection that words have with all, with our hearts. All right. Now I want to put this question out there first. What are the biggest threats to having a health, healthy heart? What are the biggest threats 
to us having a healthy heart. And when I say a healthy heart, I mean a heart that is sensitive toward the things of God, a heart that is soft and open to the goodness of God. What are the biggest threats that we face? Lies about God's character. Lies about his plan for us in the world. Lies about God. Lies. Lies. Lies about God. I'm with Julie with lies, lies, and more lies. And that's why he can't turn the TV on. And anything secular. Well, the lies were imparted from the day I was born. So sometimes the TV didn't have anything to do with that. Search certain uh, Christian channels too. So yeah. yeah. Mm. I guess it depends on the individual what lies and yeah. Okay. Deception. All right, we got a strong answer on that one. All right, lies about the character of God. All right. That's every TV show you look at. Right. <laughs> every movie, every that's all it is. Right. Sa- God assassination. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Anything can be the same way. Anything else? <laughs> what was the question again? What are the biggest threats? to us having a healthy, sensitive heart towards God. So lies about the character of God, that's one we identify, and and just lies in general in reference to the things that we hear in in our culture and the media. Anything else? Yes. The interpretation of what his what his word says, I guess that would be the same as lies, I guess, about the character of God when Okay. It's a different angle. That's cool. You know, we're looking at it different. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Now I want us to remember all this. And now we're gonna go to Proverbs twenty-four. I want us to see something. Proverbs 24. I mean, I'm sorry. Matthew 24. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Matthew 24. End times. End times. Matthew 24. And um, I'm going to start at verse 9 and go down to for 13. I'm going to read that in the, in the Passion as well. And it reads like this. Now, let me pull it up here on the big screen, too. Matthew 24, 9 to 13. It says, now this is Jesus talking to the disciples. It says, you can expect to be persecuted, even killed. For you will be hated by all the nations because of your love for me. Then many will stop following me and fall away. And they will betray one another and hate one another. And many lying prophets will arise 
deceiving multitudes and leading them away from the path of truth. There will be such an increase of the sin of lawlessness that those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and others will grow cold. But hold your hope firmly to the end and you will experience life and deliverance. Looking at verse 12. And I'm reading it in the Amplified Classic. It says, and the love of the great body of people will grow cold because of the multiplied lawlessness and iniquity. So now you see here the the impact of lawlessness, iniquity, the betrayal, the, the interactions, the, the things that people do to one another, the impact it is, is having on the hearts of men. And this is prophesied. This is Jesus giving example of what's going to happen in the end times. So it's imperative for, for us to not be in that number of the great body of people. But of course, that's where the enemy wants us. Oh, yes. But now we look at verse 13, where he says, and, and the Amplified, it just says, but he who endures to the end will be saved. But I like how, the, look at the, the Passion Translation where he says, but, but hold your hope firmly to the end and you will experience life and deliverance now you know where proverbs says hope deferred makes the heart sick, sick. sick. All right so the enemy is after hope, hope. All right now again we talking about guarding our hearts Right. And the threats that are coming against our hearts. So interactions between you and me, between us. Right. How we experience each other. That is one of, if not the biggest threat that we face. Now, obviously, you mentioned lies earlier. All of that is intertwined. Because. Let's just bring a scenario, you know, hypothetical scenario. All right. Me and Julie go into business one another. All right. Yeah, I got I got to pick on you. She's the youngest one here, so I got to pick on her. Okay. So we we go to business with each other, right? And um, we come to an agreement that we are going to, you know, come to work every day to build this this store, and we're going to share profits 50-50. Okay. Right. Both of us are believers, right? We professing believers. Right. So things go well first month or so. And then I start to see Julie is starting to slack a little bit. Okay. She's not coming to work you know, as early as she told me she was. Then uh, next thing I know, I walk in one day and she's got 
some people coming into the the back room where the finances are, mm. and she's giving people money out of the out of the our revenue, okay. right? And I noticed three months later that I tried to open up the safe to make the deposit for the rent for the building. And it's and I can't open it. Oh my goodness. And next thing I know, the um people at the mall security, sheriff are uh talking to me about, you know, eviction from the from the, the mall because mm-hmm. rent hasn't been paid in like two and a half months. Dang. And I don't have nothing in the pot left. Oh my god. Where'd you learn that stuff? Oh man. <laughs> right. I mean, many years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Julie. So Julie did me dirty, right? Yeah. Oh boy. That's how I like it. She did me dirty, right? And 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 but she a believer though, right? She a believer. Right. So don't you think that's gonna challenge my perception of who believers are mm-hmm. you know why why it's putting pressure on my flesh mm-hmm. yeah right because I, I'm like yo she's supposed to be saved how yeah, come she, she do that to me, to me? Yeah. right yeah. so the temptation for me to to get indignant towards specifically her and in the from the broader perspective towards believers in a gen, in general mm-hmm. right and i could take it another step further you know i can't trust them women oh, yeah. i can't trust them yeah just generalize it mm-hmm. <laughs> not shame. i i show enough can't trust them white women Oh, it seems you need to slow it down for the rest of us. Right. It is terrible. Right. right. You, so you see, you yeah, see what's happening. Right. But you, you see what's happening. Right. Or, or if we flip this scenario around, and I was the one that was siphoning money from from the, from the pot. Can't trust them men. You sure enough can't trust them black men. They always up to something. First, I knew I couldn't trust a man. Yeah. A Christian. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But it's what you're saying is real, though. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I actually had that happen. I owned a gas station. My uh, brother-in-law came and said, I need a job bad, Jim. And I said, well, I'll give you a job working in the evening from 5 to 10. And uh, all you got to do is pump gas and clean the place up. He said, oh, great, no problem. About a month later, a, a man comes in and says, uh, I had a brake job done and I was making noise. I said, well, take it back to where you got it done. He goes, oh, no, I had it done here. I said, no, nah, you didn't get it done here. He said, yeah, I did. And he pulled out the receipt. My brother-in-law made his own receipts in his name. And when people were coming in at the daytime, he was saying, don't let Gene do it. Come in at night. I'll do it cheaper than Gene. Right. Now, I have my sister to deal with. So finally, I figured, oh, Lord, help me. What do I do here? So I let him work for another couple of weeks. And then I just, uh, I told him, I said, we're getting so slow. I think I'm going to have to pick up the night shift and the day shift. So I was working day and night for two or three months after I got rid of him so it wouldn't cause a family rift, you know, because I didn't want to tell her what he was doing. Mm. And I just wanted, I just wanted him to slide out. 
peacefully. Wow. But it was hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, immediately when she posed that question, um, Julius, I mm. thought of sadness and disappointment. Mm. And so I'm glad you went to those scriptures and gave those scenarios because immediately I thought about that. That that's how my heart would be affected. Yes. Because you, like you talked about the hope and... Um, and even just the world in general, watching it change, watching um, Christianity's being diminished in so many areas. Mm -hmm. And so immediately that's where my, I didn't say anything, but that's where my heart and my thought pattern went to um, sadness and disappointment, disappointments. Mm -hmm. Then you want to isolate yourself from the rest of the body of Christ. You, you just don't want to fellowship. It's hard, you know, I thought too, I said, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, because I've talked about, you know, I've known a lot, you know, as we have, you know, but mine was youth group in church. That's the big part of my life. I was in church and like being a young person, children, mostly being a teenager in younger 20s. And you see a lot of the people that don't go to church anymore. They don't, don't associate with it and they've had lives and rough things happen. And you talk to them and you watch and you know they lost hope in that. And I go, either something really sucky was done to them, like we're talking about here, or I thought, sometimes I think you're told God is the hope, God's the answer. You keep going to church, you keep trying the Christian thing, but you're not getting what you need. Even if you're not being like wounded, like somebody did something bad, it could be, you know, you're going to church, you want something, you desire something, you need something for your life, and it could be a healing, it could be a dream, it could be a vision, and you're not being told either that God cares about that, or you're just being told he doesn't care, and it's just like you finally just kind of give up, and it's like God's not the answer. And again, it's the enemies came in, and, you know. Mm. So, a really horrible thought, you know. You know, one of my newest favorite stories is um, Jesus and the, the disciples in the boat, you know, with the storm. What did they say? Jesus was asleep on Don't the hill. Don't you care? Don't you care? I'm yeah. like, oh, we can relate to that. Don't you care? And then there is our human Jesus's response. Once I got a big revelation of that a few months ago, that's like my favorite story. Don't you care? Don't you care? Boom. That That's, you know, what doesn't have anything to do with don't you care? You know, so I love, I love, um, meditating on that story don't you care don't you care don't you care don't you care and then what jesus's you know response was mm -hmm. i love it it just killed whatever we we know whenever we get in the situations don't you care don't you care and then well, what did jesus do you know i love that story yeah. i never really saw i don't know how i something somebody was doing that story on TV, and it just hit me, and I'm like, I love this story. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna stop meditating on this story. It also shows how we can misinterpret someone else's actions or lack oh, of yeah, action. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Especially number one, God, because you know when He's all you got at some point, and then you feel like He doesn't care. Then you're like, I really can't take this right now because we have a certain expectation 
the way someone should act. Exactly. And if they don't, we interpret that often falsely. I remember I was going through a terrible, ter that to terrible them. trial, and uh, that don't you care came up. And the reason it came up, I was talking to him one day, and I said, you could end this in one second with a thought. But yet you've had me going through this now for two years, and I had another year to go. I didn't know it. And I said, don't you care? You could, But I, it was my suffering I was caring about. And he, he was allowing me to go through that for a purpose. And I, at the time, I, I just couldn't handle it. Yeah. But Jesus, you know, he said, how is it that you have no faith? Mm -hmm. So it's just an amazing Don't you love story. it? He always answers a question with a question <laughs> a lot of times. Well, you know, yeah, it shows you yeah. that you own the problem. <laughs> I think, too, you know, and it's, you know, this is something I thought of, too, where folks have perceptions, you know, stuff. I had a lady I used to work with, Mom knows what I'm talking about. She's a, a dear lady. But, you know, we all have prejudices on things and thoughts we carry around and stuff, and sometimes it affects us being able to show love to people, right? Is the time that I was working at this place and that I had met this coworker, um, a believer, very big time believer, mm -hmm. um, I had stopped attending regular every Sunday type of church. And yeah, there was a lot of Christians that worked there. <laughs> she would invite us to church. I'd politely decline or just, you know, like, I'd rather not. And she was really big on church. And you could tell she almost had like a, not a disdain for me, but it was kind of like a, you have to go to church. You know, she was really doing, you have to go to church. You have to go to church. And I was like, well, you, go to church you know, and, and I even want to start coming to Bible study yeah, here. Like a couple years later, or the first round here, she was like, I think she was one of the times where it was like, well, I go to Bible study. Oh, that's great. Where are you going to church? You know, that kind of thing, you know. And I would, I mean, all these thoughts I would deal with, you know, I'm just saying, it was really, you know. Oh my God, I know she loves you. This is just terrible. You know, like, I don't want to socialize with these ladies, but I'm being judged on that. And I, I will say this, and I'm not like, oh, look at me, but I've mean, been doing a religion, but I go, I'm a mom, and I'm talking, and I'm like, some of these girls that she talks with and she hangs around, I know what their lives are like. I ain't trying to judge, but um, I'm trying to live a pretty pure lifestyle, if you know what I mean. But yet, I don't go to church. You know? <laughs> and finally, I'm like talking to God about it. I'm just so flustered. And I heard God tell me, He goes, she would give her life for you. That's what a love she had. And he was showing me, it's like, it's not right. Like, I don't have, I have thought processes that are not right. But it was, you know, we're perceiving it that way. You know, it, it was God was showing me, it's like, she's got a lot of love to give. It was just, we all have things, you know. And right. it was just something that made me think. But I go, but it is hard, though, at the same time. My actions, my thoughts, my prejudices that I have or whatever somewhere, um, it's hard for people, you know, if they don't, what if, what if I hadn't had the Holy Spirit there to go, hey, really, she does love. I wouldn't have known it. I'd have been like, felt like this outcast, you know, curse God, whatever. I don't want anything to do with this, you right. know. But see, this is good because I like how, you know, you, you told that story, right? And us, you know, if we want to make sure our, our hearts are guarded, like, like Solomon tells us, have an awareness of some of those prejudices, some of those biases that we may have, yeah. right? It, you know, being aware of these things so we can, so when they come up, we can grab them. Because I guarantee you, as we progress through this year, you're going to see more attacks on people, groups, ideologies, all these things, right? Political affiliations, you know that's coming.
All that stuff is all this is is being used. It's going to be used as ammunition to what they do it every every election year. They do it. Yeah, you know, so it's going to be on 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 different fronts. So in order, so for me being able to say, okay, all right, if if I'm I'm looking at homegirl some kind of way, the woman you're talking about, I can have a bias myself towards her, like. Why are you so self righteous? You don't have to go to a building every Sunday to be to be saved and, and, and filled with the Holy Spirit. What's wrong with you, right? Now, now my flesh is one is going to want clap back, mm-hmm. but remembering what Paul talked about in Romans fourteen, right? Some people only eat vegetables. The weak, the weak, others, others, the weak ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going to go there because I like my vegetables and I like my T-bone too, so I like it all. I like meat. Praise God. I get my vegetables from eating meat because the meat ate the, ate the plants and the vegetables are in them. Well, you know, some of us, some of us believe in skipping the middleman. Okay, okay, that's fine. But just remembering what Paul talked about, right? Not allowing those things, these scruples, to separate us. Because if we, when we allow that offense, because this is what we're talking about is offense. Mm-hmm. When we allow it to resonate and grow, we are actually build doctrine around that offense. Use scripture to, to defend that offense. Right? Just like the, the, the you got to go to church lady. She's going to pull out every scripture that talks about gathering. Yeah. To... Try to get you to conform to her ideology, right? And vice versa. If I'm a house church person or somebody that doesn't believe in you having to go to a building every Sunday, I'm going to have you in Acts every time we open the Bible. <laughs> right? Yeah. But we got to, you know, we got to recognize that stuff. Because it's going to be, if we, we're not sensitive to, you know, our, our ourselves, our own biases, then it's going to be used against us. I had God had to show me something I don't even just keep talking about, but I just, it was talking about this. It, something I just thought of recently, too, in the past couple of days, must be meant to be one of those things, you know, is I had a family member, very much older, like, um, probably like in their 80s, um, couple, and they're so sweet, and I mean, they don't hate anybody, but they're from the time when you're friends with, but you don't marry outside your race, and I tend to have a hard time with, because I believe in, you know, you marry somebody because you love them. That's pretty much it. Or, or, or God, you know what I mean, God involved. But I'm talking in general, you know, I'm not against that. And um, I have a hard time sometimes dealing with when people have that thought process. I'm not trying to step on any toes, but anybody's listening on Facebook or YouTube or wherever, whatever, whatever you believe, you know, I'm not like trying to be offensive or anything, but just me personally. And anyway, um, it kind of got to where it kind of, Got head to head on that. I knew, I figured they felt that way. Um, they misunderstood my mom talking about me and my best friend, brother Dennis, who is black, of course I'm white, and him and I are no romantic interest in the one sitting here. Y'all know that. But however, a lot of people perceive that that way. So the lady, she was telling me, this is like a distant cousin, she came through my line at my grocery store, and she was going, 
I thought she goes, my husband, his name, she was saying, she, he was telling me he was talking with your mom and um, Dennis and stuff and this and that and whatever. You know, again, they think he's the nicest guy in the world. I mean, they like him like his mm-hmm. person and stuff. But she ended up mentioning that, yeah, she goes, something to do with, I think they mis- must have been they misunderstood that she thought, they thought mom had said he was her son-in-law or something. Now, I don't know what it was she said, but anyway, that and she goes, son. I was telling my husband, just say his name is John, I'll, I'll use an alias. John, I don't think, I know Julie wouldn't marry up with a black guy. And I go, well, I'd marry, I said, it ain't like that, but I'd marry someone because I love him. And she goes, well, she got to be like, this. I guess you're right. You know, you're right. And I'm just sitting there and, you know, yeah. I could be, a, you know, offended because it really, that kind of stuff kind of grates a little bit sometimes. But I go, yeah. These people, and it, it had me God, I'm just like, they have been raised, I'm not saying it's a right thought, but they've been raised their whole lives to believe it. They thought that way. They were raised, you just don't do that. I go, okay. That had to be a conference again. It's something I do not mm-hmm. agree with, but it's like God was showing me. It's like it doesn't make something right. But it was like almost like God was showing me they may have a prejudice, but I have a prejudice against a prejudice. If that makes sense, it's like being careful to have my heart deal with it the right way, even if it's unbad, but deal with it on the right level. Yes, good. And it, it, I'm not saying that was easy, but I'm like, okay, I'm like, yeah, oh, bless this lady. Easy, I know so she's not. A, say it yeah, would be easy. She's not a mean person. She just, you just don't do that, you yeah. know. And they're thinking, you know, and I'm like, and, help her see this, and, and that, you know, that situations like that are just they are not easy things to deal with, you know. Yeah. But the scripture says to not return evil for evil. It says that for a reason. Yeah. Because when there's an offense that happens, you know, something is done, then there's a seed that's sown, right? Yeah. Now, that that action or those words are both are putting pressure on my flesh to respond. Yeah. It's putting pressure on my flesh to respond a certain way. Now, I might say, you know what? I'm going to lay down this old, this New Testament right now. And I'm going to go Old Testament on you. Okay. Oh, an eye for an eye, two for two. Because that, that's, you, you know, your, your natural man is going to want to do that. But the thing about it is, if I do respond like that, then I'm sowing a seed back. So there's a cycle of offense that continues to grow. Yeah. You know, and this, you know, and this is where the enemy can operate. So there's confusion and there's strife. And so there could be every evil work. That's what he wants to see. The other thing to your point, a person can hold that point of view with zero malice toward any group of people. Yeah, yeah. Right? It has nothing to do with loving the people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can misinterpret. We can uh, you're pre- we can label people yeah. and that is and not even people. in their I hearts. I know that if, I'll say Dennis, he'd be in my house instead of Paul, he'd be like, if he was hungry and, and thirsty and went to their door, he, they would be like, oh, come on in. You know, they would just, yeah. they feed him. You know, it's just like, yeah. you just don't, you know, you just don't marry or I don't know. Like it I said, again, it's the hardest thing because my mother, when he first came into our lives, really big, because it was our, we're new one because of my nephew and stuff. But um, when he started coming around, my mother was like, because they, you know. As a person, she loved him. She loved him just like, but she's like, but when we first started going to the church, we went two years ago, if I may. She was like, I remember, we had a very integrated church. She goes, I hope yes. you go into that church don't make you think See? you can marry up with anything. I look exactly what We knew exactly what she, she was saying. She changed. Dennis changed her. And, and 
She didn't even know she'd been changed. She was like, I mean, this was like 10 years later, probably. And she's like, oh my gosh. And she just loved him. And like, she made a statement one time. He was teasing me or something. She goes, that's because he wants to be with you. He doesn't want you to marry anybody. And she was grinning her face off. And she, she loved him. She had no problem with Yeah. It so if him and I went that way, she she'd been totally, completely she happy. Yeah. She had changed mm-hmm. all of it. It wasn't just that she, she would never, because my father, he, he didn't turn any color away. He didn't care. Mm-hmm. He went to people's house, but my mother was like, to me, she, yeah. It's, well, love, you know, you can love them, but don't you love them? Yeah. But she was like, if they got, to mar- and got together and married, she was like, ooh, yeah. he's a good guy, you know? Yeah, I mean, and that, go, that goes both ways, mm-hmm. right? Because I know some of us remember that saying, if she can't use your comb, don't bring her home. I've never heard that. <laughs> Kevin know what I'm talking about. Kevin knows exactly what I'm talking about. He, he heard that. He he know what well, I well well they they hey, that that's that, those those are some type of thing those are the type of things that 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 are said in people's households, right? You know. But but again, I'm telling you because I'm, I'm I just like the 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 openness, right? Because all of these things are going to be are real and they're going to be used as ammunition and just to keep us divided, divided, divided and separated. A house divided against itself can't stand. All right, go ahead, Kevin. Would that scripture apply to um, the story Julie was saying? Uh, the love of God draws man to repentance. Man repentance in that true sense of the word. Go another direction and just God's love flowing through that person caused another person to think totally different than what they thought uh, very strongly years or for most of their lives. The further south you go, the, the, the heavier that, that is that... Uh, yeah, it's still a precious. An open yeah. door of relationship. It is changing. It is changing. It's changing. It's changing. It's changing. And when you read scripture and says we're all one blood, then then a big question. You have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An open door of relationship, changing a heart instead of like, you know, fighting each other. Not that there is there's a place, of course, for, you know, speaking, you know, and standing up for what is truthful and, and God's truth and stuff. But I even thought about a friend of mine, we're on social media together and I've noticed the closer we've gotten to be friends and we're really, you know, we have some different belief systems, political asset that way. I really have noticed she has put like less heavy duty, like really like stabbing posts and stuff. And I, I honestly, I have less, I feel like in the past few years myself and I go, I think it's just the more you get to know somebody and you don't justify again, the bad stuff. It's just, Nobody I want, and no more I want anybody to justify my bad things I did. But it's you have like more of an understanding for somebody, and you're able to love them and and, and pray for them and relate and help each other, and not mm-hmm. like you love Damn, them, you know. God do the working on the heart and <laughs> things and change, not what you think. Mm-hmm. Let God do it. All right. Now I'm gonna read Proverbs 23 again in the Passion. Then I'm gonna read a footnote that that that's attached to that. It's really good. All right. So, again, Solomon says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring 
of life. Now, this is the footnote. He says, although most translations have the issues of life, the Hebrew word yasa is actually seasons, especially springtime. Out of your heart flow the seasons of life. It is our hearts, not our ages or circumstances, that shape the seasons of our lives. If our hearts are tender to God, we can live in a perpetual springtime. Think about that. If our hearts are tender towards God, we can live in perpetual springtime. So, if your heart is supple, sensitive, then the word has the opportunity to penetrate and go deep and germinate and produce fruit. But if it's hard, like if you try to sow some seed right now, January 18th, how well you think that's going to do? As hard as the soil is. Same thing with our heart. Now, this, I don't have this in my notes, but let me go to, let's go to Isaiah 26, another familiar scripture. Isaiah 26 and 3. Now I'm gonna read this in the in the Amplified Classic. Then I'm gonna read. I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna read it in the, the um, Passion. It says, "Perfect, absolute peace surrounds those whose imaginations are consumed with you. They confidently trust in you." Yes, trust in the Lord Yahweh forever and ever. For Yah, the Lord God, is the rock of ages. Now look at how look at the words that we use here. Perfect, absolute peace surrounds those whose imaginations are consumed. Now, it, in the King James, it says, "Whose minds is stayed on thee." So we talking about what? Attention, focus, right? And this goes back to what we were talking about earlier about, you know, the threats to the heart, lies. So we not getting lies here. The lies aren't now. We, there, are, there are recorded lies in here, but the word of God itself uh -huh. is absolute truth, right? But if we not spending time here, then how are we going to discern what is true and what's not? When we're out here, right? You know, listen to whatever music we like or, or media and all that type of stuff, you know. Now, there's another footnote I want us to look at. For the word imaginations and it passion, it says, or steadfast minds. The Hebrew is yetzar, Y-E-T-S-E-R. According to the Brown Drivers Briggs 
Hebrew lexicon, the Hebrew word yasitar means imagination that forms and frames up. Imagination frames up one's reality. It is unfortunate that many today have rejected the God-created imagination that each of us possesses. Our imagination must be set apart for God and continually made holy. The imagination, both good and evil, is frequently addressed in the frequently addressed concept in the Bible. The Hebrew word yetzar is found nine times in the Old Testament. So you're you're familiar with Andrew's series about the imagination, right? Mm-hmm. And see all that is connected with the word. Because the words we consume, what we hear, what we see, it, it it gives the building blocks for imagination to develop. So again, when offense and sin, negativity, when these things are, these are the things that I am digesting and experiencing, it's going to paint a, a certain imagination. So when I'm in a situation where I am a... I'm going to go back to the example I use. All right. So let's say another another potential business partner is, is presented to me. She's nice looking, young, Caucasian female. I'm like, oh, no, can't I ain't fool. I can't fool with her. No, you're doing that I ain't no, doing that. Same, <laughs> they all the same. Yeah, I ain't doing that. They, they all the same. Been I've been down that road. Yeah. No, sir. Oh, boy. No, sir. Right. And that could be that could be the one that God has sent mm-hmm. to prosper to help prosper my business, but because of that experience, it painted imagination for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, when you know we we deal with heartbreaks, we deal with things that have happened to us, and things that we hear in the world, all these negative experiences, these are disappointments and stuff. We gotta get to a place where we take that to the Lord. And cast those cares on him and allow him to minister to us. And, you know, we may need the help of our pastors, our, our friends in the faith, our, you know, even professional counselors or whatever the case may be. To help us to avoid allowing that offense to penetrate and to get a foothold. Because, again, just like Solomon said. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues, the issues of life. I got a funny story. I used to work with a guy, and he was the sweetest guy, and trying to, he was actually walking in holiness almost all the time. But every time he got a chance to rag on me about me doing something wrong, he would. And I didn't hold it against him. It was just one of those things. He came up to me one time and said, uh, Using contraception? I said, of course. I said, what are you and your wife doing? He says, faith, brother, faith. I said, you better build a nursery. He said, he said, he said, you, you don't have faith to believe for that? I said, no, sir. And, and, and I looked at him. I said, you don't either. He said, how dare you? Of course I do. Well, in the next two years, he had two kids. I didn't, I didn't say a word. And he came up to me after the second kid. Oh, he, he said, now this guy was really a, 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 a good guy. He came up and said, I want to apologize, Gene. He said, we just had our second baby. He said, <laughs> he said and what Your we were thing. doing, what we were doing just wasn't working. 
I said, when the Lord commands us to be fruitful and multiply, and you're trying to break that with your faith. Because you know? he's sowing some seed and he got his harvest. I tell you what. Yeah, that's right. But he ragged on me because I didn't believe the same way he did. Wow. And you see how beneficial Gene's attitude was in that moment. Because see, stuff like that calls, it easily, easily calls rifts. The lowest thing can cause a rift. You would never imagine. Oh, here, you're staying on clothes. I used to wear jeans, and he would never wear jeans. And, and, and he was always like, he was just really going as hard as he could to run after God in a way he thought was right. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me, and everything he saw in me was wrong. So, I mean, oh, no. Uh, but we're, we're still friends. I gave him a newspaper one time. You remember they used to make tracks? And I had a big newspaper that said, the rapture has happened, planes are crashing, cars are crashing, buildings are empty. And I left it laying somewhere when he picked it up. And I, I walked back to the job where we were, to the office, and he's going, no, no. Oh, I said, no. what do you mean? He goes, it, it couldn't happen. I'm still here. He said, I'm here in the, in the rapture. Oh, yeah, wow. he was almost in tears. That's so hard. That feels but you were still here too, or he expected you he to expected me to be here. He wore jeans. Because he wore jeans. Jeans. So he wore he wore jeans. jeans. My yes. jeans would never let me get it would be raptured. His name was his name was LeBaron Vaughn. I never knew a man named LeBaron before. Oh. I used to rag on him by his name. Hey. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Let me see where I want to go. Okay. Let's let's go back to Proverbs four, and I want us to look at twenty four through twenty seven. Now, verse 24, just think about, again, just get the imagery of the word being a container. All right. Seed bag, bag of seed. He says, in the, in the passion, avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. So, again, you know, Solomon is hammering home this point here. 25 says, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead and ignoring life's distractions. Distractions. Now, what do you see here? Because Solomon is, is telling us to set our gaze on the path. Stay focused. Look straight ahead. All right. Because there's something that happens when we lose focus. Now you remember that series, the series we did, how to become a water walker, right? Oh yeah. What happened with Peter? He sank. When he took his eyes off Jesus and started to look around. He began to like a stone. What happened? Yep. That's when he began to sink, right? But as long as he kept his eyes on the Lord, this man literally stepped out on water and started to walk towards him. 
it was the same storm going on when he walked out. So what, what was the problem? He became distracted. <clears throat> yeah, he started, he started looking, looking around. Oh, no. What in the world is going on? This, I'm, I'm out here in a hurricane or whatever yeah. it is. I'm not supposed to walk on this water. water. <laughs> it's all choppy. Because the, the focus went off of Jesus to this circumstance, the situation. So distraction is another major tactic to use again that's used against us to get us to give up, cave in, quit, lose hope. A long, a long time ago, I had thought about this the guard your heart with all diligence scripture guard the issues of life. And I thought about it, I thought over and over about this sometimes, how do you guard your heart? You know, and I go, how, what, like, what do you do to do that? And I go, Excuse I thought about the opposite page. That's funny because it's almost in my Bible, like this with the columns. But I thought about Proverbs 3, um, you know, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on your understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And I go, that's just like, to me, such the answer, me and my life for that. And I go, you know, we all fail at it. And then sometimes we may trust God in one area and then one we don't mm -hmm. and we're working on. But I think it really does, you know, that's kind of like the summary of how it solve that, you know. That's good. That's good. Because at the end of the day, you know, Jesus is the fulfillment of all our needs. He is our salvation. But if I don't have an acquaintance with him, if I don't if I don't fellowship with the word, how do I know that? When the challenges come against my 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 thought life, when challenges come against, you know, your physical body, your health, your relationships, all these things. If I don't see him as the answer, if I can't if I don't have a revelation of that, then that circumstance is going to affect my heart. It's going it's going to be used as a tool to corrupt me. So when Solomon is talking about set your gaze, look forward towards the author and the finisher of our faith. I mean, this is this is what, you know, it is going to require of us. And we need each other to keep each other prayed up that we can do this. We were just talking about that. Her and I is having, you know, even us getting together and talking and sharing stuff. We just came down Tuesday. We we had no reason whatsoever to come. We came Tuesday and met up with her at the Waffle House where, she, where she's staying nearby there for it. Now I'm just... We talk for a long time, mm -hmm. and it's just getting together and with um, another believer. Even just me and her sometimes going through whatever our situation because we're in a household, and then getting around with her versus different, but it's um, coming together like this and lifting up God and the situation and talking about it, and it makes a difference. Yeah, but the difference is that she and I had a conversation about negativity, death, and life. So, so I just, that will stick with me forever because that was a major thing that we just came up with because whenever you get the same word like negativity so many times in one week here, there and everywhere, you're like, oh, God's speaking to me, you know, 
And then when it, um, she's, because um, we were doing the scripture, she's like, the devil doesn't come to steal, kill, or destroy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So, you know, you have the word death in your mind, and death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we kept talking about that. And then we were saying negativity. So it's like, so then when we're together with, we're just of like mind and we're yeah, not going to, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to do that. We don't want to do that. We help each other and I don't have to drag her. She doesn't have to drag me. We're not frustrated and because we're of one mind that we know that there's, it's either death or life and negativity is death. So it's great to be able to have like-minded people and then you get together and you can really get a lot of things done. You can you can get a lot of things done like that. That's good. Because you're so in That's sync in the positive direction. What she said, this come, you know, I, I've been re we have it on the back of a chair, just we're we're going through a whole bunch of stuff. There's scriptures, especially through the pandemic. It's everywhere. We have just crude it's all I don't care what people think right now. That scripture stacked to my wall. Um it saved our life, it saved stuff. But um, one day, just in the last few weeks, what she said, I was looking at, because it's been out there for a long time, John 10, 10, and I'll always remember the backside. Jesus came to be my east, I'm come, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. But we was giving me the focus, though. I always was thinking, I go, well, either the devil's either trying to kill or steal or destroy, and he goes, all of a sudden it hit me really like full force. He did not say that. He goes, he's coming to kill, steal, and destroy. He's not going to do one without the other. He is trying to figure out to do all three so he can totally annihilate you. But then at the bottom, Jesus is going, but I have come that you might have life and have it, what is it? Multiplied. Well, what the enemy's trying to do is, remember the enemy's trying to do all of that. But, but it was still, the focus was, he's not just trying to steal from you. Oh, I'll just steal from him. That'll just disrupt their whole life. No, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. When he's done it, he wants to sweep up the ashes and throw them out, and he's just, he's done it all. I go, and Jesus is like, that's what I did. I came to give you all of that. I go, it's being aware of the, the tactics. He goes, that was almost the deception. It's like, oh, well, he's going to do one or the other. No, he wants to do it's not just one of them. Mm -hmm. He will just use one. He can do a thing, but his purpose is to do all of them. But Jesus like, yeah. And my thought is right like, on. either, you know, maybe you're negative in one area, you know, maybe you're good in one area, but you're negative in another area and you're not aware of that. And it's like, if you're speaking negative and you're speaking death, well, then death and life are in the power of the tongue. We don't want to be helping the devil. So right. it's like, that was it, you know, um, the scripture, ponder, wait, consider well the path of your feet, and then the other one, um, yeah, consider well, you know, that's saying, like, pay attention to what's going on. Just don't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, and, and when you're dedicated to that, it's very hard to be around people that don't want that. And you're not really having an influence on them. And they're just constantly dragging you down. You, you want to help them. Oh, here's what you were saying. In the, the, the passion is 
Watch where you're going, stick to the path of truth, and your road will be safe and smooth before you. It goes together like that. Just explain more details to it. And it's hard when you're trying to lift people up. They're, they say wrong things or they're negative or this or that. And they don't, I mean, how can they not know that what they're doing is wrong, that they don't really want to change? So it makes it very difficult. Mm-hmm. And this is why, you know, and we, so, you know, when you were talking about, you know, how, you guys got together, right? And this is the vow, this is another manifestation of the value of coming together, you know, as believers, whatever, you know, whatever setting that is, where light from in me and light from in you, I may have a certain color dirt on me and you may have a different type of dirt on you, but the life of God can be used to cleanse that. They remind you of what, of what God has done. And what what is already yours in Christ, but us being in the situation sometimes it's hard to see you can't because it's almost like like those glasses on. If you got got those glasses on, the big red mud spot on in your left eye, it's gonna be hard for you to see out of that. So, but Julie, Jean, Terry, they speak the word, that word that that container of life going going to clean that. Dirt off your glass to remind you of who who you are, whose you are, and what you have in Him. Yes, and there and it's to be around encouraging people who, you know, you can talk about what's going on, but then it's always and you know this is for me myself what I try to do, but it it's very hard to try to do things by yourself, um, and just stay encouraged by yourself. And it's so we talk about our issues, but then it's like, okay, you know, let's pray it through. Let's say the right things. Let's, you know, we don't sit around and be negative. So it's not like, oh, you know, pretend everything's okay, you know, because that's not real either. Mm -hmm. But, and I think some people, that's what they are, not that many, but they're kind of like, Oh my God! You know you can't say you, you can't tell them what's going on with you to get some help in prayer. They they just oh you know give it to the Lord or whatever. That's kind of crazy. So you talk about what's going on, what you need prayer for, speak the right words, and let's lift you up. You know let's pray it through and all that. Um, positive so, people are like a magnet. You want to be around them. Negative people they they push you the other way. Well, but you know there is that saying for a reason. Mis- it's misery loves, loves company. company. So, oh yeah. Hey, I used to have a buddy who was really negative. Every time he come to the house and he left, I go, "Oh man, it's hard to talk to him for an hour because everything was, you know." And then you can't seem to get them to stop mm. or see. And that's the thing. And see, you just can't seem get to get, them. get that imagery in your head again. Death and life. Words are containers. So if it's all complaining and just yuck negativity, you are you leave that conversation with a pound full of dirt all over you. That's why you feel heavy. Yes. All right. So you know you need a, a Holy Ghost water hose to get that mm. stuff off of so you. So that's the, the thing we were talking about before. You know, we were talking about the other day is when you don't 
when you're so overwhelmed, you don't even know where to turn at first, but you do know where to turn. I, I recently, for me, it's um, I don't want to pray right now, God. I am so distressed. What you do, and I begin to pray in the spirit, and I go, show me. But I am asking him, show me. And I said, I don't want to be a victim. I am not a victim, and I feel like one right now. I am I'm acknowledging, like Andrew's good. He said, it's okay to acknowledge how you feel. Just go stay there. Mm -hmm. Go to him and let him, and the Holy Spirit will come in. He'll start to show you things. At first, he just wants to encourage you, and you can feel it. You can feel it just lifting. Praying in the spirit is so important. Yes. That's God Himself praying for you, and uh, and one time I used to pray two hours every day in, in the Spirit, not in English, just just in the Spirit. I, I just right now it's just whenever it just hits me. I, I, even if sometimes I'm praying like this because I want to pray, I'm warm you know, in the middle of Walmart going, I'm just praying in the Spirit because that's you know you need it. Mm -hmm. All right. But that's the All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to read the scripture again because I, I want us to, to close on this. Yes. You know, Isaiah 26 and 3 in the, in the yes. Passion. Okay. Perfect, absolute peace surrounds those whose imaginations are consumed with you. They confidently trust in you. Absolute peace surrounds. So 360, 360 degrees surrounds those whose imaginations are consumed with you. All right. So we'll continue with lesson two next week. All right. Thank you for joining us, social media family. We'll see you again. Bye. Bye, guys. See you, Kevin. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. You need to speak up. <laughs>